Oscar's location high in the Hollywood Hills. It's time once again for the long shot. Tonight, hot dog volcano, L.A. Noir, the Immaculata, and very special guest, Chris Mancini. And now, please welcome the host of the long shot, Sean Conroy. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. See ya. Peace. <laughs> I am your host. This is the Long Shot Podcast. My name is Sean Conroy. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, with me on the podcast today, as always, the the Welcome Home Parade. Miss Amber Kenny is here. Hello. That's it. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, Goodbye the, and hello. The, the human uh, irresponsible... Uh, sexual relationship. Mr. Jamie Fling is here. What's re- irresponsible about a fling? Well, it isn't like a commitment by definition. But there's nothing irresponsible about a lack of commitment. I feel like there is. Depends on what <laughs> it's for. Screeching halt immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, I want to fight you on this. Just kidding. I don't know. Uh, well, well, because fling inherently is like. Just like a fun, frivolous Like, who thing. fucking cares? But frivolous. Yeah. It doesn't make it irresponsible. People have flings, and if the everyone's... The human frivolous <laughs> sexual relationship, Mr. Jamie Fling, is here. Is that better? Yeah. I feel like you're on the verge of saying something. <laughs> no, no, that was perfect. Okay. Couldn't have said it better than uh, myself. Well, it's great to be here. Great to be back. Great to be on. Mm-hmm. How's it going, you guys? So good. Yeah. Amazing. You is call- it really? Yeah. You called me the welcome home parade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I don't even remember what company it was. Budweiser. Budweiser. The, whole, the king of beers. The whole time I was watching that commercial with the... The par- soldier. Yeah, the parade home. I felt like both him and his wife were like, yeah, 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 yeah. We just want a bone. Like, <laughs> like oh, let us really? go home. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a Super Bowl commercial, I think it? Yeah. Okay. Yes, we were recording this the day after the Super Bowl, even though it's now three weeks later. I didn't really watch the Super Bowl. Well, but, you didn't miss a whole lot. I heard it was a yeah. terrible game. It really was. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really, really was. But how were the commercials? Okay. I don't really enjoy the commercials. It's so, like, who cares? But you know what? Doritos always comes up to plate with something in their bat. <laughs> and they're going to swing it, and it's going to connect hold with on, that ball. Hold on. They come up to the plate with something in their bat? <laughs> that's cheating. Yeah, that's called a cork <laughs> bat, and you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Well, whatever they do, it seems like it's it has to be legal. How amazing these <laughs> advertisements are! I don't Doritos. Know oh yeah. What was their thing this time? I actually didn't see it, but I'm sure it involved the dog and <laughs> something. <laughs> the dog ate the Doritos, We're and he loves them. Speculating about oh Super right, Bowl you're talking about those. They have they always have a contest where people make their mm. own commercials, and then. Uh, and That's so go, smart because they don't have to do any of the yeah, work. They just they pay them like so little money, and, and everyone like gets really invested in it mm. and is talking about Doritos all the time. Because like then, we are right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> by the way, tonight's show is sponsored by <laughs> no. One. Have you guys tried um, at Taco Bell now? They make the no, shells. Uh, let me just go of... right out and say no. I have not. Okay, because I haven't been to Taco Bell. I've seen that. I went to a Taco Bell in Pacifica two weeks ago when I was in the Bay Area. It's on the beach. In Pacifica, which is just south of San Francisco, this is the most beautiful Taco Bell <laughs> on the beach. Like it's a beautiful building, and then you go inside and they got a You're fiery. Right. 
Uh, Dorito shell tacos. Yep. The beefy, cheesy, crunch tata. Yep. Jamie, you're the guy who's always talking about the great burritos they have in the Bay Area. <laughs> and yet there you taco? are and you go to fucking Taco Bell. I didn't go to the ta- I, I walked in. To, I got a drink. I got my burrito at El Farlito that weekend. And yesterday. I got my burrito at El Farlito. <laughs> <laughs> and I left my wallet in El Segundo. <laughs> um, but it just seems weird to me that you would ever go to a Taco Bell in the Bay Area. It was on the beach. We were, it was a beach party. And that happened to be the, the place where if you had to use the restroom or get a, a Diet Coke. You were partying in front of the Taco we Bell. We seem yeah. like we have sold out. We are yeah, mentioning right. so if many If you needed a Diet Coke or a Budweiser or Doritos, <laughs> or perhaps you'd like an IBM Selectric typewriter. <laughs> or Please some Arm & Hammer baking soda. Money. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's find out what's going on. Let's start today with... I hate to say this, but let's start with Jamie. I knew it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I know why you hate to say it, because <laughs> I've already established that right. I have nothing to say. I know, but I feel like we can dig a hole early and then get ourselves out of it. <laughs> we had I, a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Well, the last few weeks have been... Um, a whirlwind. Immaculata <laughs> whirlwind. Here's the... Okay. I am the coming journey. out of now... It's, it started November 1st, December, January. So three months... A three-month anti-immaculata. Three months of a lot of drinking. Boozing. A lot of boozing. Gals. No. (laughs) No. Thank you for trying, though, Amber. (laughs) I'm glad you gave him the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Being stressed. Flings. Lots of flings. (laughs) Mm, I could wish. It just reminds me, I don't know why, but it reminds me of... um, All that jazz. Like like liquor and... (laughs) (laughs) I never saw that jazz. No, the song. Oh. <laughs> it goes like this. All that jazz. That's it. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, so the, I decided, I, and you know, January 1st was going to be the big you know, New Year's resolution time. I'm going to come back strong. And, you know, we talked about it on the show. We've got big goals. Going to hit them strong. And, and then that's going to hit our goals it. strong. Just dive into the goals with the corked bat. And that so now it's February fourth. No, it isn't. Fifth, third. <laughs> All right. One of my goals is to know what day it is, <laughs> and I'm no, diving the right only into that. I didn't mean to be like jumping on you. To- February fourth is my dad's birthday. Oh shit! So get it right. No, I just was like, it is definitely not my mm-hmm. dad's birthday. Uh, so third. Jamie, I feel like somebody could be listening to this podcast right now, and. Th- if they're a fan of the show, it could have been two they've been years listening ago. to the show <laughs> for like, the whole time. They could be like, is this the third episode? <laughs> what episode is this? What's happening right now? You are putting people into a time warp right now it by is. saying, I'm going to start the Immaculata. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the, what's crazy is that after this three-month thing, it's, it's such a subtle shift. It's, just like a, it's, it's a total psychological change where I feel better today. Because I decided today I'm going to start really oh, taking care of Oh, it's as of today. Yeah. And, but I woke up this morning just feeling better. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I don't know, just completely different. Just because of I'd made that choice to think about treating myself better so I can reach my goals. And um, and then being present about the, oh, no. You sound like you're like a computer program saying Jamie's keywords. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a parody of myself. I get it. I get it. It's too bad Alan and Margaret aren't here anymore because they could just be going, 
Bullshit. <laughs> it's not going to work. Well, it has been a while since I talked about it, though, right? Or no? Yeah. Yeah. At least since the last episode. <laughs> but I'm trying this. You're going to get it together. You had an epiphany. You're going to change your life. Epiphany. That was the yeah. only one that, <laughs> that would have been bingo. On the, on the top <laughs> 10 Jamie Flam word cloud had, words. Yeah. Enchantment has not been uttered once yet. Mm-hmm. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> bingo. Like somebody could be sitting at home playing Jamie Flam bingo. <laughs> he said enchantment. <laughs> I have B-I-N-G. I think Frenching might be on that list yeah, as well. Yeah, that's true. I think enchantment would be the free space in the middle. <laughs> so present living... <laughs> I'm not. I'm trying to go into this because before November, I had not had a drink for two or three months, and I was back in the. You know, I was trying to go into November. I'm just going to drink one or two times, and then it slowly becomes a whole <laughs> pattern. <laughs> it's November. I'm just going to drink one or two times. <laughs> Cut to. February. It's the third week of November. <laughs> I'm just going to drink one or two times. Well, yeah, I, I've told you like it always starts out with some birthday, and then. Thanksgiving's around the corner and might as well just keep the train going. Next thing you know, it's Arbor Day. <laughs> then it's Fourth of July. Dad's birthday. Labor Day. And all of a sudden Christmas is back again. Exactly. Choo choo. Rest in peace, Chucky. So this time I'm trying not to be like I cannot not have anything at all. I cannot not have anything. I need to be present about every choice I made and be in the moment. So if I do decide... Moderation is what you're talking about. Yes, but also I think the key for me is to take that... What book did you recently read that gave you this lingo and this state of mind? (laughs) Because it's the same crap you've been saying for four (laughs) years. It's just phrased differently. No, no, no. Here's the thing. All those books say the exact same stuff. Correct. In in a different way. Including Gratitude is the Way by your father. By my pops. They all say the same thing, so there hasn't been anything new. Think and Grow Rich is, is the one of the last couple weeks, <laughs> but uh, but they don't, that doesn't talk about present living or anything. Uh, that's about just you know you are not your. It's top. about writing a letter to somebody that you want to give you a job. And that's part of it. It's written in like the thirties or forties or something. Yeah, it's an old book. <laughs> but so I really need to think before I just jump in because it's. The, it's you need to thing. think before you grow rich. That's true. Think about being. My dad's rich. rich. That's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. It's fun. So it's anyway, fun that's that's have. what's gonna be the framework for the next, the ongoing month. Or My dad two. is Art. That is Jack. Frank Jack. <laughs> uh, my dad's not really Art, by the way. I was just saying oh, that for the purposes bad. of the joke. He's Russell. He lives in the leaves. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. So what's happening? You're gonna be in the present moment. You're gonna make choices based on each choice instead of. You're like gonna a have a broad. drink, but not two drinks. You're gonna have two drinks, but not three drinks. You're gonna drink two nights, but not three nights. Three nights, but not four nights, and all of a sudden it's March. Right. Kind of. I didn't follow. I'm going. To- I'm saying he always does this, right. and it sets up failure, a slippery slope mm-hmm. for him. To fail, yes. But I think what you're saying, and maybe I'm 100% wrong, maybe I'm adding in meaning, um, but what you're saying is you're going to kind of take it more day by day instead of being like, this month I'm good and next month I'm bad. Yes, because that clearly, it's, no, it's, it's great when I'm in the good side. Well, but And then once you mess up, and I did air quotes for all you listeners out there. For anybody who's not watching <clears> us right now. There's so much shame and guilt associated with that 
a drink. So of course you're going to keep drinking because now you feel ashamed and guilty instead of just saying like, hey, I'm having a drink because I'm enjoying it. Instead of I'm having a drink to make the demons in my brain stop talking. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there seems like there might be a deeper problem here. I well, the drinking thing has never been a crazy problem for me. I mean, obviously, I'm all or nothing. I've never, I alcoholism runs in my family, so it's always been like, me too. be careful. But in the last few months, for the first time, it's like, I think we've talked about this, but oh, it, it makes me feel much better instead of I'm doing this because it's fun. There's a very tangible. If I have whiskey right now, not that the demons aren't going to shut up, but like the stress that I've been feeling all day will go away. Whiskey, the water of life. Mm. Uh, so what? So what tangible goals have you set out for yourself? The goals, or is I, it just about being in the present moment? That is, but you know, just to, to um, ten thousand average, ten thousand steps a day. Okay, and to cut down my drinking and, and eating. You know, eat well as much of the time as I can. What does that mean? What does that look like? Just like a ninety percent. Well, what I mean is, I, I. (laughs) So you're gonna? Oh, what does that mean? It means ninety (laughs) percent. Okay. I'm gonna eat at ninety percent. You know. No, I mean, like, I have coworkers who will be like, I eat at Subway every day because it's healthy. It's not actually healthy. Jared said it was healthy. It might be a little bit healthier than having McDonald's every day, but it's not actual health food. Well, I'm not going to Subway. I cook my own food. A lot of roasted veggies. All right. No, no, no. Let's not go down that. That actually might be the, the, no, new, no, no. the new center of the bingo. Uh, all right. So, so basically, Jamie, you're saying the same thing you've said a thousand times before on this show. Yes. Okay. To be fair, though. Be fair, please. We are all human beings and we're all constantly... This is a long shot. We are fair and balanced, if nothing else. (laughs) We're all trying... Like, we all... You've been wanting to run a marathon and fix your back for a long time. Yes, but I don't bring it up every episode. I don't have an epiphany every week where I go, I I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to run a marathon. Let me talk about that. Agreed. But I'm just saying the fact that he is continuing to have similar struggles throughout his life is a common thing for people. He just happens to talk about it a lot. No? Yes. I think that's a fair thing to say. I think... (laughs) Too fair. (laughs) It's too balanced, and it's too fair. Uh, but, But I guess... What bothers me is that it comes up over and over again. There's Without no resolution growth. to it. <laughs> Nothing ever happens in his life that he wants to talk about. He just wants to talk about what he's going to do down the line somewhere. Mm. And I encourage positive change. That's really an interesting insight, Sean. What's that? That he wants to live in the present, but all of these statements are future tense. What the fuck, Jamie? <laughs> now I'm having an epiphany. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah. No, oh, I, will, I think I nailed yeah. it. <laughs> All right. I love that most of that conversation, you guys were just talking to, <laughs> to each other. There was no eye contact with me. It was, just, <laughs> <laughs> it was just me and Amber yelling at each other about <laughs> Jamie's life. It was like a critique of... <laughs> well, your son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the family dynamic is shifting on this guys, show. Guys, I'm right here. <laughs> I think what he's trying to say. <laughs> no, I don't think that is what he's trying to say. And I'll tell you another thing. But here's the epiphany, and then I'll be done. The epiphany is it's a choice. There's always a choice how you feel. And the last three months, I'm making a daily choice to 
continue in this pattern instead of just being like, all right, today I'm going to be, I'm going to do the best I can. So I'm going to try to make that choice every day and with every decision and remember what my goals are to be healthy so that I can produce and make good things in this world. Every day and in every way, you're getting better and better. I still think Like Herbert Lom said in that movie, the Pink Panther movie, where he went absolutely crazy and tried to create a death ray that destroyed the world. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, Um, I still think that you have too much judgment on yourself for when you're being quote-unquote bad. And I think you you need to let that go and you won't feel good or see positive changes in your life until you do. Get rid of the judgment, right? Because I hear it coming off of you. Still. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, I can only use I statements, but I feel like I um, do better with like fitness goals the moment I accept myself for who I am in that moment. The like the more I'm like I don't want to look like this I don't want to be like this blah 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 I just stay that way because I'm hating myself so much. Mm. The second I'm like, hey, my body's awesome, like things are great, changes start happening. I have a reaction to that, <laughs> but I can only use I statements. So I think I feel. I, it sounds to me like you say stupid things sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think I have the answers, but I don't. Kidding. I don't think that like s- hating yourself for the last three months is serving you. No, it is the is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's move on from this. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to move on. Uh, Amber, what's going on with you? Um, on Thursday, last Thursday, yes. at I think I, I promoted on the podcast, but Hot Dog Volcano, me and Jane Becker, who was a guest on the podcast. Yes. I know Jane, yes. You know Jane. Well, everybody knows Jane because she was on the show. Yeah, Jane's the best. Um, yeah. Hey, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> we had a reunion at uh, the Palace. You guys do sketches together. Yes, we're... A sketch comedy, and that was duo. one of your goals for the new year, right? We realized that perform we had performed together for like three years wow. or something crazy. It's a trio of years. Yeah. Um, and well, <laughs> well said and well reacted to. <laughs> you didn't let that throw you. Oh wait, you did. I definitely did. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I guess it is a trio. <laughs> um. So we, oh, it was Sam's show at the palace, and Sam used to- Former producer of the long shot, Sam Varela. Shout out to her. Yeah, and uh, she does a great job. It's usually a stand-up show, and so this was like a one-off sort of duo sketch showcase, and uh, I was a little bit worried. I didn't know how it would work in that venue. It's not a sketch venue. Usually sketch, you have a way to go off stage or Mm -hmm. like- Light let's uh, just to be more clear. Let's it's just say it's a Chinese restaurant. It's, a, it's not even a Chinese restaurant. It's the attic of a Chinese <laughs> restaurant. Like you go into the Chinese restaurant, then you go up some stairs, and there's not actually a wall that divides the Chinese restaurant no, no, no. from the comedy performing attic space. Right. That's where I used to run my open mic, and they made us push back the start time of the open mic because like families would be having a lovely meal and they would just hear some dum-dum be like i fucking love to masturbate it's mm-hmm. just like oh by the way that is some of my best material it's, i mean you gotta work on the punchline um <clears throat> but so i i just was nervous about the venue itself and if the crowd would understand what was ha- i mean sketch and stand-up are different things. Really? <laughs> I was wait- I, that's why I said it with hesitation because I was like, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. set up punch. I think, you've, I think you've had an epiphany. <laughs> um, 
And it was... Oh! What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's it the ice maker in the fridge. Okay. Um, the way the show was, was um, there was a host who like had a microphone and was doing stand-up. That was sketch. Hosting. No, that was stand-up. Oh, so that's different from sketch. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Maria Bamford did a set. Mm-hmm. And so then, that was, she did sketches? No, she did stand-up. Okay. And then the Walsh brothers went up and um, they do... They did stand-up. They do stand-up. It, like it's like somewhere in between <laughs> on the Venn diagram. Stand-up. Because they both had microphones, but they're two of them and they're interacting and uh, it's in the moment. So Jane and I were the first... So it's improv. I guess so. You should take a page from the Walsh Brothers book and be in the moment. <laughs> go ahead. Mm. So Jane and I were the first act to go up without microphones. Mm, so perfect. We, we were a little freaked out about the audience being like, what the fuck is going on? And Jane hasn't performed in a while, so she was a little bit nervous. Mm. I'm being generous. <laughs> she was absolutely freaking Petrified. out. Petrified. Um, and... It was a packed audience. I don't know where these people came from, but it was lovely. And it went over well. It was super fun. I mean, because it was a full night, we didn't do a whole, like, we wouldn't do a a whole show. We did three sketches. Mm. And we asked them to do, like, blackouts between our sketches. And then we felt like big nerds because I don't think anyone else had blackouts. But how else were you going to, like... You do it. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a sketch. Here's yeah. another sketch one. Number two. Which I guess some people did. But the other cool thing, Liquid Feet also performed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Lots of Amber Kenny. Sorry, everybody. Uh, but there was the sketch group the kids in the Foil hall. Arms and Hog. Mm. They're from Dublin. Okay. Um they yeah, are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Europe. Sure. <laughs> um what I mean, what I'm trying to say, and I'm sketch has made its way across the pond. <laughs> I'm doing a very poor job. Is it was a really cool night because I got to see a lot of acts that I have never seen before, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them were really inspiring and really good, and it was cool. It was just cool to see. I feel like a lot of times stand-up performers will do sketches in like their show, but that's stand-up, isn't it? <laughs> is if if i hi i'm a stand-up comic right i'm gonna produce a show and at the top me and my friend are gonna do a sketch oh i see um i feel like nine times out of ten it makes me want to pull my hair out yeah because they don't understand like i think because i do both i have respect for both and know that they are different things right and I feel like often uh, stand-ups are kind of like half-assing it or like winking at the audience. Like, mm-hmm. isn't it funny that I'm doing this and mm-hmm. not committed or like commenting on how they're not memorized? I think that's what makes comedy really work best is a Ugh. lack of commitment. That's Ugh. really what I love to see on stage. But you know what I mean? When they're like, yeah, we're not even prepared. Like, mm-hmm. cool, then get prepared. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're cool for showing up to class. The Boy Scout motto, get prepared. Yeah. So, um... So when's the next Hot Dog Volcano show? I don't know. We don't have anything on the books, but uh, we want to do something again. Well, Do you actually have books? No. Well, I mean, I own books. Sure. But there's nothing, wanna, there's nothing wanna, on them about Hot Dog Volcano. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I can read. Mm-hmm. We guys, we want to be fun right now. <laughs> what? If we improvised a stand-up sketch. Okay. Just the three a of us. stand-up sketch improv? <laughs> um, That's what we used to do, basically. On the show? Mm-hmm. Our sketches... Weren't, weren't super 
rehearsed or anything. <laughs> they were written often enough. <laughs> Sometimes. Ah, uh, the good old days. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Real quick. Mm. Um, the reason I say that Jane was nervous is I... She's a wreck. She was I trying. left to go like do something else. I, I don't know. The Get restroom. high in the bathroom? Get the, no, <laughs> I don't do drugs before Smoke I crack perform. in the alley? Um, I went to the restroom or something, and I came back, and Dave... Um, another member of Liquid Feet was like, what are you doing to her? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, she said that she hates performing and that you forced her into this. And I was like, what? Like I would have, and so I was like, I hope you don't feel like that's the truth. And and like, so later I was like, I had a good time. I hope you didn't feel like I bullied you into it. I, I only asked because I thought it was something we both wanted to do. And she's like, I was just freaking out. I wanted to do it. I'm sorry. I'm a chicken. Mm. But like, if, I was like, because I could have asked yeah. my other sketch team. Like, sure. I don't know skin off my nose. I right. just like performing with you. You're my friend and you're funny and I like you. Yeah, but Jane, I, I started, get it together. No, she's fine. But like, so I felt kind of guilty in the mm -hmm. moment. But it all worked out. Well, that's great. <laughs> um, all right. Well, it feels like this is a good place to take a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do that. And we'll be back in a moment with more stuff and a very special guest who has a very exciting announcement to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Announce? We'll be back. This is Aaron Foley, and you're listening to The Long Shot. You're lucky. You're lucky. You're lucky. You're listening to The Long Shot. It is a podcast with us tonight on the show. A very special guest. You can hear him every week on his own podcast, which is called Comedy Film Nerds and can be found at ComedyFilmNerds.com. Chris Mancini is here. Hello, Chris. Hey, great to be here. Great. And that is true. Yeah. I have an amazing um, revelation to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Is it about Jamie's do you, life? Yes. Do you have good news? I have the. Uh, yeah, I have, I have an uh, I have an announcement to discuss. I do. I do. I have yes. lots to talk about. Yes. Um, you guys should definitely check out Chris's podcast. I've done it a couple times. It's real fun, and you guys pretty much do it every week about the movies that are coming out that week. Right? Yeah, we do. We talk about every week uh, the movies that are coming out. We also talk about the DVD releases, and then we get into discussions with the guests, like their favorite movies or mm -hmm. their experiences on the movies uh, if they've been in movies. And it's been we've had some amazing discussions, and it's always whenever we have actual filmmakers on that we interview too. It's always we make them tell some horror story of being on the set, like we had the. Uh, the uh, director of Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus on. Oh, oh my God, the stories he told. Like, you know, when you saw that movie, like, well, there's a thousand stories to right. this. And, but, you know, when have him actually tell them, like, mm, I didn't think of that one. That was, <laughs> you've even surprised us. <laughs> so you have to watch all of the movies that are coming out. No, that would actually uh, be a full time job. Yeah. If we could. What we do is we, uh, Graham and I basically split it up. So we Graham Elwood, very funny. Graham He's Elwood, been a guest yes. on this show before. Uh, so we, we, well, we split it and up. And that so. way you never have to hang out when you go exactly. to the movie. Exactly. It's all right. <laughs> One time a week and we're done. That's it. Now go to your own movie theater. Uh, 
but uh, occasionally with the big movies like Oscar movies and stuff, then we'll discuss the movies together. But mainly, like if it's just a new release, the three or four movies will come out. We can't see all of them, so Graham and I, right. uh, Graham will take one, I'll take one, and they have a, we have a lot of writers on the the uh, site comedyfilmnerds.com, and uh, sometimes the writers will take the movies that we miss uh, too, and occasionally they'll take the same movie we'll talk about and have a completely different opinion. I found that so. <laughs> with the movie that I the last time I was on, yeah. I talked about Inside Lewin Davis. Yes, and there was a review of it on your site that one of your writers had done, yep. um, and it was totally different. Absolutely. Perspective from what yeah. I had on the movie. And then occasionally we have another, um, like, we'll get, like, a writer will change their mind. This happened with Inside Lewin Davis. Um, Laura House was also a very funny comedian. She uh, she talked to one of her friends about Inside Lewin Davis, and then it kind of convinced her to like it more when they, she went. <laughs> but she went into all the subtleties and the metaphors and the subtext of the movie. So she posted, like, a second review of all the stuff she learned, and, like, okay, now I like the movie more. <laughs> So we're changing our opinions. I would like to see that movie again. (laughs) I haven't seen it twice yet. You know, the Coen brothers, they put so much stuff in their movies. Mm -hmm. Like every scene, every line of dialogue means something else. And if you miss one line, there'll be like a reveal later on in the movie. You're like, I don't know what he's he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh, because you missed that one line at a dinner party that they were talking about earlier. I do have, particularly in that movie, I did have that feeling the whole time where I was like, I know... This is supposed to mean something, yes. but I don't know what it means. <laughs> yep. you know? The cat represented life. There As all go. cats do. There you yes. go. <laughs> it actually represented nine lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, tonight we wanted this is gonna segue right into what we wanted to talk about <laughs> because we want to talk about making movies. And let's yes. we don't usually start with the guest's story, mm-hmm. but you actually have a thing going on right now that you're trying to get done. An so. announcement yes. to discuss. Yes, I have an announcement <laughs> to discuss. <laughs> I have a discussion I'd like to announce. <laughs> I, uh, uh, Graham Elwood and I, Comedy Film Nerds, we are uh, making a documentary about podcasting. And uh, Graham and I are also two of the founders of the LA Podcast Festival. So nice. we recorded a bunch of footage down there. And we basically wanted to see a proof of concept. Is there enough for a documentary, would this be compelling or interesting to anyone outside of the people around this room and the listeners right now? Well, because now. podcasting yeah. is a weird thing where it's people that are into thing. it are really into yeah. it. And people who aren't into it don't even know what it is. What's right. a podcast yeah. is yeah. the next question. And uh, so after watching interviews with like Mark Marin, Aisha Tyler, Jimmy Pardo, and we found the hook of where the movie is. And what it is is the personal connection between the podcaster and the fans that doesn't mm. exist in any other medium. It's not in radio. It's not in TV. Right. It's not in movies. It's uh, Even Aisha Tyler says in the uh, the demo that we uh, have up on Kickstarter, I don't talk to my family this long for an hour you right. know, each week. And it creates this weird bond uh, between the fan and the podcaster that, like I said, doesn't exist anywhere mm-hmm. else. And that's what we want to explore. So we put the uh, Kickstarter up. It's a little high. It's at like 135000 it's not because, you know, people that don't understand how much movies cost are like, that's like a million, $10 million. And really, <laughs> or to make a feature a film, yeah, budget. to make a feature film, it's like next to nothing. Yeah. And it's all travel and post and um, and basically crew. Because what we want to do is... And craft services, exactly. We'll be eating gold bars on the, uh, <laughs> on the set. But, and then you'll have yes. the dental bills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's one of those things where we... Um, 
we can go to LA and get these interviews. We already got some of them, but that's not what we want to do with this. That's only half the story. The other half is you guys listening right now, the fans. We want to go to the Midwest. We want to go that, to these Phil? smaller, <laughs> these smaller areas in the country and uh, explore like the emails that we get. Like you know, I listen to you guys while I'm on my tractor. Mm-hmm. You know, I w- we want to see those people and meet right. them and like what makes podcasts so compelling to them. And that's the other half of the story that we want to explore. In oh, the that's movie. really cool. Mm-hmm. And. I don't even know where to start asking questions, but <laughs> what uh, one thing I saw was somebody sort of said, I think I tweeted about your Kickstarter, and somebody tweeted back to me and said, This is an infant medium. You guys are jumping the gun. <laughs> yeah, we're 20 years too soon. I, yeah. I saw that tweet too. Yeah. And if we were um, making a movie about the history of podcasting, right. That would be accurate, but it's, but about it's not. It's about the birth. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, what we're, we're, uh, the crux of the movie is the human connection that it creates that no other medium has ever done. So that's really where, where the movie What about talk radio? Do you feel like it's different from talk radio? Uh, by a, yeah, a thousand percent different. And it's even those talk show hosts and talk radio, they, they never make that connection that podcasters do because ultimately radio is still a form of like, um, it's the barriers are still up there. It's, it's still driven a show. by ratings. It's driven by ratings. It's also it's rehearsed. It's a show. Even like everything that feels off the cuff and radio is still fairly rehearsed and, mm-hmm. and calculated. Not that that's a bad thing. The great radio um, hosts make that sound very natural. Mm-hmm. They're good at what they do, but it's not the same as um, you know a podcaster going through. Um, all the personal details of his life week in and week out. And Even if actually... those details are exactly the same fucking thing for four <laughs> years in a row. You hear that, Mark Marin? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it doesn't matter because it's not driven by advertisers and there's not, no one, no one's getting notes on a podcast and really, right. and, uh, and no one gets canceled from a podcast. You know, you unplug <laughs> like your what, computer. Right. That's how you get yeah, canceled. Yeah. So, Do you want to keep doing it or not? Right. It, it's very, um, it's very different and it's art driven so if you if you have that uh, freedom as an artist you can pretty much do and make it whatever you want and ultimately especially for comedians um, they get very personal and uh, and that's ultimately where the show lies and where the connection comes from Mm -hmm. absolutely I was hanging out with like a few of my oldest friends yesterday that I haven't seen in a while elderly yeah they're (laughs) super old um Hello, Amber. <laughs> all of them kept referencing things about my life that they heard on the podcast, and it was a really yeah. fucked up, like mind. Like it was like cool, but at the same yeah. time, I never talked to them about that. Yeah. Thing. They, they they get to know. <laughs> they, they really get to know you. They're like, oh, I wonder if your kids will like this movie, or yeah. uh, you know, Graham's like, here, I brought coconut water to a show. Like weird, weird yeah. things. Like, oh yeah, that's right, we talked about that. Yeah, you. F- we were talking about that a, a recent episode. You forget what you've said because oh, yeah. it's just in passing, but the and then fans it's recorded. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I have a I have a buddy from college who listens to the show obsessively. And then he'll email me on Facebook and say, I love this. I hated this. I had a similar experience about this. And I feel like he's represent because he's a friend from college, he's more able to, you know, talk with me directly. But yeah. I feel like he's representative of a certain amount of people who listen to the show. Oh, yeah. That hear the exact same thing and, and make have the, the same, same reaction. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even one of my one of my brothers has become obsessed with the show, you know, and listens to it all the time. I don't know if that's still true, but it was for a while. And I just thought that was a funny thing that, yeah, yeah in real life, we, we don't, don't have these like conversations. This. Exactly. Exactly. So he's probably learning way more about me right. 
than he does at Thanksgiving dinner when he just wants Where to argue going. about how long it's taking me to get a piece of pie. <laughs> you know? And, you know, it's uh, and your guard is up. Sure. You know, <laughs> when at any family gathering. No, no, my family's very emotionally healthy. <laughs> and we, all, we all connect on a very sympathetic yeah. level. <laughs> We just love each other. We mostly hug. Mostly (laughs) hug. (laughs) Um, Now, how can people? That's my holodeck family. (laughs) (laughs) How can people? What? Where do they have to go to give to this Kickstarter? They go to Kickstarter.com and then just type in Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, and it'll come up. Or they could just go to ComedyFilmNerds.com and And there's a link there. But. Uh, we were on another podcast earlier, and so the host goes, too much information. Just kickstarter.com, type in earbuds. That's all you have to do. <laughs> I'm not going to dicker with you about yeah. the amount of information. I'm like, really? It's kind Whoever of the, that podcast yeah. was, you should have come to us yeah. first. I'm like, it's kind of the same amount of information. Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> um, and obviously, like Kickstarter always does, you have different... Different rewards, yeah, yeah, and we, stuff people can get. We have some really cool stuff, and we've gotten a lot of support from uh, the podcast networks and from sponsors. And like, you could just if you just want twenty five bucks, just download the movie. That's it. Very simple. But then we also have um, tweakedaudio.com gave away a bunch of earbuds. So if you want the movie and actual earbuds, that's like forty bucks, or there's a seventy five dollar tier. Is there's there a like, way to get a copy of the movie Airbud? There's a <laughs> <laughs> we can um, we can work something out. <laughs> There's but, no uh, rule that says yeah, a dog yeah, can't we, podcast. We, yeah, we can, yeah, we, can <laughs> find, uh, we, we can work that out. I think uh, we have a CG guy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we go all the way up to ten thousand dollars because if you want to be a producer on the movie, like associate producer and whatever, and you know if those tiers, you'll have the exact same amount of experience as actual producers. So <laughs> that's all you have to do. Just is put it's money a, into yeah, it. And you're a it's, producer. It's a buy-in. Yeah, yeah. What do you need to be a producer in Hollywood? Hollywood letterhead, right? And that's it, and a check. Um, so, and then uh, Squarespace came on board. They're giving away like in one of the higher tiers, like a free year of web hosting, two years free, things like that. So, we're trying to make it as much value as possible, and uh, to get to that one thirty-five number. So, go there, give them money, and let's get this thing done. And how much do we do? We get paid for being in it. <laughs> You know First what? of all, That's you're being uh, presumptuous exactly. to say <laughs> for being in it. The podcast that helps with the most donations gets to be <laughs> featured in the uh, documentary. <laughs> but uh, we want to uh, uh, actually, in, in reality, we want to feature as many podcasts as possible. That's kind of the thing we want. We're gonna do something where we're gonna touch on like the history. Uh, we want to feature a lot of podcasts. We're gonna go to New York, interview podcasters there, interview much many more podcasters here, and then also have the through line with the podcasters and the fans. But the whole thing is uh, our goal, and this is gonna you know this is a little maudlin, but uh, I we want the movie At the end to of help. It, we're gonna kill ourselves. Yeah, exactly. It's it's gonna be a snuff film, uh, and uh, uh, we want it to help podcasting in general too. We want it to raise get awareness the word for out. it, get the word out. Like if someone sees the ne- the documentary on Netflix, oh, I'd never heard of podcasting, but this sounds really I cool. I don't know why that is, but it's really, I, I think it's just a weird term. Like the term right. podcast yeah, yeah, is yeah. just yes. a weird thing to say. People are like, I don't have a pod. People immediately right. shut down when they hear that word like and if go, you, if you hear I don't know internet, what that is. I'm if, not going to be able to do it. If you hear internet radio, you could kind of figure it right. out. Right. Yeah. But somehow podcast yeah. makes people go, like, I don't know if there's like a s- sci-fi affiliation it, in people's heads yeah. or something makes people. Sci-fi. Do I need people. to buy a satellite dish for <laughs> that to get a podcast? It makes no sense um, to me. <laughs> now, let me ask you this, and I say this it's going to sound like I'm joking, but I'm really not. 
Um, we have fans all over the world. Are you guys going to do anything outside the country? Because like, you can go to India. We have a group of mm-hmm. people who listen to college us. College students. <laughs> college students listen to us every week down there. Every uh, Australia. We have fans in Australia as well. It yeah. is a worldwide campaign. Yeah. And what it is is... Uh, Anybody who donates from outside of the country, they just and if they order something physical like the DVD or the uh, a poster or something, it just adds fifteen dollars to shipping. That's uh-huh. it. That's it. So anyone in the world can help out. Oh, but I'm saying, are you going to go there to any of those places and try to? You know what? People? We were going to make them stretch goals. Like we, uh, the budget doesn't have enough for us to go overseas. But if we go over what we gotcha. need, we're going to Japan, Australia. And then we uh, want to go Canada, UK, and then maybe India after that, which would put us in about one point four million dollars. Oh we would God. need to get the, right. that far. Sounds like such a. Dream. It just seems yeah. like, it, it, but it does seem like it would be interesting. Totally. Because I'm always amazed when yeah. we get when we get emails from people in these foreign countries. I'm like, yes, I never understand how, how they found us, yeah, why they connect this? to us. Yeah. Like it, their life is so it, different. It's a combination of expats and people that are literally just looking for American podcasts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have fans in every single country. When we look at the the uh, breakdown, it's like, you know, I've I don't think I've even heard of that country. And then there's two fans there. <laughs> you know, it's so <laughs> weird. But it's that's the power of podcasting. It's amazing. If you're connected to the internet, you can get it. So go give to the earbuds Kickstarter. Please do. I think that's a. a we only have twenty some days left. Actually, when this by the time this comes out, we'll yeah, like probably about, probably about yeah, five to ten days. Yeah. So so immediately as soon as this episode is <laughs> actually, over, actually turn go. it off right now. Yeah. <laughs> we may only have a few hours later. left. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now, so that's one movie that you're in, yes. currently in the process of trying to get mm-hmm. off the ground and get going and make. Right. But you actually have made movies in the past. Yes. Uh, I made a bunch of short films uh, for uh, that have been on the Sci-Fi Channel and HBO, and they're collected in a DVD called Myopic Visions that is all of them together, and that's on Amazon or wherever. Is there, is there anything thematically common to them, or is it just kind of... Yeah, what, what I do it? is I bend genres. I, I combine a lot of sci-fi and comedy together, mm-hmm. or, or noir and comedy. Like, I think my the most complicated one I ever did, and this I'm going to... Um, comedy Filmers is going to go through a rebuild, and we're going to actually stream some of these shorts so people can see them. It's called Hit Clown, and it was about a hitman and a clown who switch bags and find they like the other's job better. So, That's amazing. And I shot it, and I don't even know how... Uh, looking back, I'm like, I don't even know how I did this, because I broke all the rules of short film, because uh, I've made so many of it's them. It's two like, hours long. Yeah, three hours <laughs> yeah it's, it's three hours long. It's We shot it on 35-millimeter black-and-white film, so it looks like amazing. And Man, I actually have a film print the of rules. it. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, there's no dialogue, and um, it has practical effects, squibs, children... A giant cast and about ten locations. <laughs> so all none of things, which you're supposed to do in no, short films. No, none of these are supposed to do in short films. And, now, I'm sorry. Uh, what's practical effects? What does that mean? Practical effects means like not CG, where you actually uh, put the makeup on the person. I see. And you also the gunshots fire, the squibs blow out of the At wall, that things moment. like that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas now, you know, the, they CG in the bullets and the bullet holes. And right. Stuff right. Now. But we actually blew up. You a did it the one. hard. Yeah, way. we did. <laughs> That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And have you, so you've made all these short films. Have you made a feature? I've sort of made a feature. I, uh, <laughs> it's a crazy story. I sold a movie to a, a company called After Dark, a horror movie, and the trailer is actually online. They took it to Bulgaria, shot it. Stephen Rhea is in it. It's called Asylum, and you can actually check out the trailer online. And now, when then, you say you sold the movie, you sold the script. Sold the script, okay. yeah. And then uh, they ruined it. And, of course uh, they the, did. Uh, the, mo- the producer literally that took the movie went like 
went nuts and went rogue, like Heart of Darkness kind of thing. That's uh, what happens and, in Bulgaria. And, uh, yeah, well, I was going to uh, say, it's called asylum. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's all it is. What, what do you expect? And so the company came back to me. It's like, now we have nothing to deliver to Lionsgate per our deal. I'm like, well, how is that my problem? You said I couldn't direct it and you moved it to Bulgaria. So they said, it came out so bad, we want to make it a comedy. Can you fix it for us? So I had said, well, let me look at the footage. And after I almost threw up, I, uh, I said, there's only one way I could fix this. If I actually um, create wraparounds of behind the scenes at a horror company on how they ruin a movie by sending it overseas. <laughs> and they said, okay. <laughs> so I did it. I went down and I shot a bunch of Even stuff. Even though you were basically targeting them. Pretty much. I said, you know, this is the only way, if you want to release this, you have to shine a light on what happened. And because it'll actually feel organic because that's actually... What happened? That's the right. only way the audience will buy into this as they're watching this. So it's two editors watching the footage, and then we also see the production meetings and stuff as things go crazy. So, but I don't know. Did they, somebody play the crazy producer? Uh, Dean Hagland from the X Files played Very the nice. crazy producer, and the two one of the two editors is uh, Mike Schmidt from Forty Year Old Boy. Uh -huh. So I think it came out really funny. <laughs> And uh, I haven't heard anything since, so I'm not... I think it might be in the Lionsgate <laughs> vault. So somewhere there's a movie with Dean Haglund, Mike Schmidt, and Stephen Rhea that no one may ever see. <laughs> now, did you ever get into it with them? Like, you know, you always see those scenes in movies no, where the Hollywood no. people you know, are yelling if, at if people. I was, and... If I was in my 20s, I, maybe, but I was so zen about it and it didn't... It, it's like, all right, well, this is what it is because what... One of the deals I made with them is like, I'll fix your movie, but I want the rights to my script back. So I can actually make the movie properly again. So at that point, I was like, I'll, I'll do, you know, exactly what I said. They, to, yeah, they agreed to that? They agreed to that. So I was kind of like, whatever happens now, it doesn't matter. I can start over. So um, it was, in a weird way, it was like such an interesting experience. Like they also um, put on all these restrictions because there was no money to shoot the wraparounds. So I was like, all right, well, I'll need two cameras in three days. And, you know, I got to shoot children. Yeah, children. Scribs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need a 35, a, a 35 millimeter black and, black and white film because I needed, um, I needed to shoot 15 pages. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they come back, of course, well, you have two days, one camera. And right. I'm like, okay, so I knew this was coming. Um, I knocked no it all snacks. out in a day and a half. Whoa. I just I was under straight, budget. Under budget, I did. I did. The uh, some of the actors got to go home early because I knew exactly who was going to shoot. I was ready and I nailed it. And uh, um, so yeah, so hopefully in some capacity, somebody might see it somewhere. <laughs> and so you got to direct those. Yeah, I direct. I did. I said, if I come on board, I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm writing the. I'm so that's a great. That's a great it. experience yeah. to have. It was, and you know what? It was one of those things where you know, as horrible as it happened before, it was so much fun. You know, you go. Yeah. You're working on set with your friends. You you know you're you're creating what you um, wrote, and it was in that respect, it was really really great. Of and course, it was, that's a dream. And uh, I just wish I think people could see it. I, uh, <laughs> but yeah, in that regard, it was an amazing experience. And now I can I can try again. So if you could check out the the hard trailer, the comedy trailer isn't up yet, but the hard trailer it's also on IMDb. It's Asylum. It's on, I'm sorry, it's on IMDb. It's IMDb, YouTube, YouTube. you could get the trailer there. Okay, yeah. so go look at that. But yeah, that is always such a weird, cool thing when something you wrote is getting shot. It, like, yes. It, it still and you're shooting blows it. my yeah. mind. It's like, oh my God, this is, oh, that's right. This is what I wanted to do with my mm -hmm. life. Yeah, every time yeah. someone shot one of my movies, I just sit there and awe, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I know you're being sarcastic, <laughs> but let's just be clear about the fact that no one has ever shot any of your movies. Yeah. Is what you're saying, I'm right? I'm in the future, man. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, but now, what do you think is going to happen with the script? Have you sent it to anybody? Talked to anybody? Uh, what I did is I... Um, 
Uh, I have it. I got it back, so now I have to try to like um, reshop it at this point. But I may have to change the title just so it's not associated with the uh, nuthouse. And, and, <laughs> and, and and the great thing is because that producer went so rogue is uh, they literally had thrown my script away anyway. Not one page made it into their version. Oh, that's of the convenient. Script. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very simple to uh, <laughs> make it a different, completely different, different movie. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So back to square one, shopping it again. That yeah. always blows me away. How like, how can they even call it the same movie if they didn't use one word of the script? Uh, rem- it's really remarkable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Every that time people too. use the same name for a movie that I wrote when they make it and they don't use one word of my script, I'm always blown away by that, too. Yeah, like Frozen <laughs> was here. Yeah. <laughs> I hear good things. I, I hear good things, too. I haven't yeah. seen it. I would love to. Uh, all right. Well, let's go next to Jamie. Jamie, tell us about making movies. Sure. Um, I actually, the, the, what I was going to talk about, I, I know I've talked about it in the podcast before, but I just remembered. Oh, boy. When, when you were talking about that. I, 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 I never love it when Jamie audibles <laughs> at the line. No, when you, when you called me out for not having never had someone shoot anything I've done uh-huh. about five years ago. A script that I wrote, a pilot, was produced by. Do you know Marshall Herskovitz? Sure, Marshall and I go, went to high school together. Oh, sure. No, he did. Uh, um, what was it called? Thirty uh, something, right? Yeah, thirty something, and the movie Traffic. And um, whoa, what was your pilot? It well, when back in the day, I, I worked for a company called the Independent Comedy Network. And we produced. My job was just to produce um, web series. And we produced a series that was a parody of a show that he had coming out called uh, Quarter Life, which was about the 20-somethings experience. And it was got a lot of... Uh, um, got a lot of buzz. <laughs> a lot of at buzz. The beginning I wish you guys could hear how loudly I just rolled my eyes. <laughs> uh, I, I got a lot of buzz at the beginning. You're and, saying Quarter yeah. Life is not worth writing about. <laughs> a lot of the words that happened. No, were, I saw the trailer for it. I, roll it I, I saw the trailer for it and I was like, this is so ripe. For parody, and so I created a series called Two Eighths Life, <laughs> and, and um, we hired. You know, we we wrote. A you bunch can of reduce episodes. that fraction. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and um, but anyway, um, we got a call after we put it out there. At this Two Eighths Life, and it got a little. That got some buzz on the the early kind what of. What was your take? That got, that got some buzz amongst the fraction people. <laughs> <laughs> but we got pie a, makers. Sesame Street's on the line. <laughs> We got a call from Bedford Falls Productions, which is the company that made all these 30-something and um, the movie Traffic. And um, they saw The Two Ways Life. They loved it. Did we want to come in and just meet them? They, they, they worked around the corner. So next thing I know, I'm in this office with like, you know, Emmys and Oscars everywhere. It was very surreal. And those were just the people who worked there. <laughs> <laughs> and we sat in this office. Hi, I'm Emmy. Can I get you some water? <laughs> and they wanted, they wanted to get into the... Oscar. <laughs> Oscar was Mexican. <laughs> I figured. He at least spoke Spanish. <laughs> so anyway, they they um they sat us down and they wanted us. They were starting to produce web series too. This was like in 2007 when everyone wanted to get into that game. That's where the money page. was. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that really exploded, huh? <laughs> you, you know, you're um. This is the exact buzz you don't want. Like quarter life when it was about to premiere. Uh, like, oh, it's going to make TV irrelevant. Like, mm, you don't want that buzz because, you know, if now to be successful, you have to destroy an entire medium. Yeah. That's the only way now you can oh, so live up Quarter to that Life hype. was just a web series. Because I do mm-hmm. remember it. But and I then it went web was... to TV, right? Yes. And it was the mm-hmm. first quote unquote show to go from web to TV. And then right. I think it was. But it lasted canceled. like four episodes yeah, yeah. on TV, right? Yeah. yeah which kind of killed the parody of it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but so they. What asked, was your take I would have in changed it to my so-called quarter life, or my so-called two eighths life. Then you could have, you know, yeah. that whole back catalog to work with. Fucked up. Um, <laughs> that's the kind of shit that gets me in the room. Oh. <laughs> but I was in the room with these this this big time producer and pr- pitching ideas, and he liked one of the ideas. Give me his agua, senor. What, what was the idea? <laughs> I want to know more about your take on this parody. Well, you have to know Quarter Life to get what Jamie's idea was. Well, it was kind of like, yeah, the idea that 20-some things are important. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was, um, it was really silly. I see this pitch going really well. (laughs) Oh, I mean, you know me. Especially, can you imagine me? Yes, I do. I do. uh, Seven years ago? Matter of fact, I do. (laughs) In a room where like, it's a big producer. I see you as a quivering ball of stuttering. Did you walk there? (laughs) You walked there. I did walk there. <laughs> he was out of breath. <laughs> yeah. I, you I had, had an epiphany outside. I'm trying to be in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but they liked one of the ideas, which was, you know, I was running a theater in Santa Monica. This idea of kind of the, the small comedy theater experience and revolved around a sketch group. And it was kind of very meta, a sketch group trying to get money to produce a web series. And then a big sponsor wants to come on board. and Change uh, everything they're doing. And change everything they're doing. And of course, ironically, so they liked the idea. But then they did exactly that. So the next step was Jamie <laughs> write the pilot. What's that? Right. So they asked me to write the pilot. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this script. For a web series, mm-hmm. how long is the pilot? Um, it was probably like 15 pages. Okay. Um, for the pilot. Yeah. And we wrote it and worked with them. And I, I had, they were, gave me notes. And the problem was, you know, I wrote a comedy script. And they're not a comedy company. Right. But That's it's still like this, you know, an Emmy Award winning, Oscar winning guy in the room. And I was not in a position, especially then, to like. To be like, no, this is the way it's going to be. And I actually look back and I definitely kind of not fought, but in my version of fighting for some of the jokes. I'm Your like, version of fighting was like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> no, but I mean, I would definitely I be like, okay. <laughs> like, we could remove that joke, but then without the joke, it, there's no comedy in that. <laughs> But ultimately, we know we went with um, yeah non-comedy people when they when they critique and give notes on comedy, they they take out one of two things: the setup or the punchline. Yeah, and like, well, just leave it out. No, you you need both <laughs> to, to actually make a full joke. That's how a joke works. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the next thing we know, with that company, you know, we're casting it and um, producing it. That sounds so exciting. It was at the time it was very exciting. And next thing you know, we're shooting it. And Marshall decided the best second he wanted to direct to direct it. So. You know, we're, we're getting extra. Who's we? Who are you talking about, we? Um, the company I was working for? No, you said he wanted us to direct it, so we... Oh, well, me and um, I worked with a guy named Mark Campbell, who was the owner of the Westside Eclectic Comedy Theater and the Independent Comedy Network, um, which was where I working in Santa Monica at the time. And so He owned the Independent Comedy Network? Mark. He did? <laughs> yes. Okay. You know Mark Campbell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was my introduction to comedy in LA, working there and learning how to run a theater. But yeah, it was a big production, with, you know, a t- big cast and um, a lot of people you know. And um, but then, like who? Mm, Jeff Sloniker. I know Jeff. Um, Ptolemy Slocum. I know Ptolemy. Um, Heather Campbell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people, you know, from the LA comedy world. But the unfortunate part was there's Dean no, Haglund by no, any chance? No, Dean Haglund. <laughs> um, and it looked beautiful, and there's all this footage. And um, and then they did a rough edit, and it just was not funny. And they went and pitched to Comedy Central and all these places. But to go to talk about what we were talking about earlier, just 
I was literally watching this big time director in this small theater directing the words that I put on a page. That's and crazy. so it was kind of crazy. Wait, who was directing it? Marshall. Oh, I thought you said you were Marshall McLuhan. No, so. Marshall. <laughs> the Marshall plan. Yeah. No, I thought I, I thought, thought you said, said that you he guys said you guys he wanted you guys to direct it. No, no, he said he wanted to direct it. Oh. So I was watching this guy that directed 30 something in My So-Called Life and Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And it was unfortunate. So then we had this um, you know, do you have edit. it at all? I do have it. And nothing ever came of it. But then, you know, they they wanted Did you get paid? I think there was a, a budget. I didn't get paid. That's outrageous to me. <laughs> Truly outrageous. Um, really, anyway, an artist so not getting paid in this town? That's so weird. <laughs> but it just seems like there's... Don't the unions protect you? A, <laughs> <laughs> the YouTube unions? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a thing where there's production companies involved, whatever, and it's these guys' idea that they're making, and they're just like, fuck you. Well, I think for us, because for all of our episodes, all the things I was producing before them, the episode... Um, budget for every episode was five hundred dollars, which yeah, for me when, internet, at that yeah. age, like because I'd made videos before then, to have a hundred dollars was like five hundred dollars per episode. We we can do anything we want. So at least for this, you know, we, we could have a zombie invasion. <laughs> we could have red vines. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you know we had like a ten or twenty. Get 000 me Jack budget. Bauer. <laughs> so that was cool, just that we had actual money and like a real DP. And That's hilarious. Five hundred dollars because an hour long uh, drama has a budget. Of what, $2 million or something like that? It depends. I mean, even Amazon, I hear, is paying like something crazy, like a million episode for 30 minutes for some of their comedy. For, yeah. for, for online stuff. No. Yeah, yeah. So it, it depends on the company. But then Comedy Central, it's a little smaller. <laughs> a, little a little smaller budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, IFC, a little smaller. Well, that's too bad, Jamie. I'm sorry that that didn't take off. But, but you know what? Now you could try it again if you have it, if you have the rights to it, you know, put it up. Let's no, I don't care on. about that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> moving on. The of a thing that nobody knows <laughs> exists. <laughs> You'd have Changed to do wraparounds and yep. introduced Quarter Life and told, you know. I mean, well, folks, back in 2007, there was a show yeah. that jumped from the internet to regular network TV. I mean, literally, you're just, you're parodying 20-somethings. That's, I mean, surely there's some mileage there. Yes, <laughs> definitely. You know, just, you know, you have a ski cap budget. Other than that, you know. <laughs> um... Amber, making movies. Tell us about that. Uh, well, when I was a kid, I was uh, obsessed with being a star. <laughs> Look where I am. Mm -hmm. I made it, guys. You're the star of the on. show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the number one female podcaster on the show mm -hmm. currently. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Uh, my parents are really proud. The new rankings are coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. It's good. <laughs> Never saw it. Um, but so I We didn't need words. We had faces. <laughs> um so when I was a kid, my favorite I grew up in Southern California, so I went to Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm, but my favorite theme park was Universal Studios because it was a movie studio. And on some level, I thought, like, just walking around, somebody would say, that girl, like, make her a star or something. Um, I was a child. You'd be like Rita Hayworth, like, basically. Right, right. The 19 or the 2000 version of Rita Hayworth. Right. Yeah, from the tram to Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> In my, like, tie-dyed cotton shorts and, like, side ponytail. I got pitched. 
They're mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, but uh, it's also funny because that is the worst theme park now. Like looking back on it. It's gotten worse or it was always as bad and you just didn't I realize? I think it was always as bad. Have you ever been to Magic Mountain? Yeah, it's that's bad in a different uh, way. Okay, I, I will say that Universal Studios is actually not that bad of a theme park uh, when you have children. It's right, actually, right, right, we right. ended up, uh, you know, getting season passes to it because it's closer than right. Disney and it's not as Manageable crowded. for the day. Yeah, manageable. Right. Or you go half a day, you go the tram ride and you go a couple not days. As, not it. as crowded. Yep, yep. But, but all of the things that they are teaching you about movie magic don't exist anymore like you're oh, not no, actually no. Learning you know, there, there, there's nothing there's very little to yeah. do with the actual movies and <laughs> they you know just what they shut water at you everywhere they shut a lot of those down too but yeah can mm-hmm. i tell you that my father when my parents came to visit which uh-huh. they're coming again next week so i'm like oh, oh God. wow but when they came to visit a few years ago i took them to universal and my father in particular Fucking loved it. Loved <laughs> the water, the trains. Like, was just like, yeah. this is great. Yeah. Like, he was, and he's not a guy that gets excited about things, right. you know. But seeing Jaws and seeing the the King fire Kong come out and, and yeah. King Kong, he just, I mean, because he, you know, he grew up in the '30s and right. those were all, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz is a big deal to him, <laughs> yeah. and you know, so this was like huge to him to see all these things <laughs> in real life. He was like, this is amazing. So it's good for <laughs> young <Yeah>. people. <laughs> <laughs> much older. Yeah. Some of my older friends would enjoy yeah. it. And I will say the Transformers ride is really good. Is it's it? Actually, you know, and it, it actually makes you hate the movies more because you realize what they are now. It's like, right. oh wait, no, these movies should be a three-minute ride. That's what that's what's going on. It's I a haven't great seen ride. any of the films. Uh, well, guess what? You're not missing it. <laughs> they're uh, very loud. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And they're very, and they're very long. jerky. Universal yeah. City Walk up there. This oh, got a Disney the store worst. for. Mm-hmm. my least favorite part is on um my least favorite slash favorite part you know you could could hate love something like you are with west wing yes which i finished by the way (laughs) congrats the whole series you're a crazy person (laughs) yesterday i finished it he hates it and he just sat around watching it's a weird but i but i also love it like i i hate it but i love it yeah but it's a badge of honor to get through it yeah well i had and it was you know it was on netflix i could not i literally could not stop watching it (laughs) I'd be up till three in the like I'd watch like four episodes in a row, you know. It's like when you when, wow you hate watched that show. Yeah. No, it wasn't a hate watch though because I there was things about it I liked, you know, mm-hmm. like just the process of government I found interesting. Right. And it made me contemplate a different path my life could have taken, you know. That's always feeling good at two in the morning, isn't it? <laughs> I would, that I would be president yeah. by now. <laughs> I think he was young. I think the guy who was elected president at the end of the show was younger on the show than I am in real life right now. I'm like, God, that guy's done a lot more with his life than I have. Fictional (laughs) characters. (laughs) The actor, though. Jimmy Smits (laughs) has done way more with his life than I have. He was in the Marines, he was the mayor of Houston. It was this congressman from that area. Bartlett believed in him. And now he's the president. Smith. Uh, and he's in every show he doesn't get credit alert. for. <laughs> so, it's, oh, he was in that show? Yeah, he was in that show, too. Oh, I don't remember him in that show. Now he's on yeah. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Is he? Uh, he so anyway, oh, but um, my least favorite favorite part is on the tram at Universal Studios. There's a, a part where, again, it's like so bullshitty and not how movies are made because there's a part where it's like and this is how we film cars and then there's like a couple robot race cars oh with fast and furious yeah one. and yeah, they, yeah. they start uh-huh. playing the 
gasoline song yeah. and the cars dance. And it's just like, I know for a fact that they didn't film no, cars no. as robots. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they they have these like miniature cars. They're on mechanical arms. And they're arms on and yeah, 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 they're on mechanical arms and they show like this is what happens when I an explosion happens. I think the point happens. they're trying to make is that they are able to control these miniature cars to do whatever they want them to do in the movies. I think that's a valid point to make, Amber. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But they say it like... And it pads out the tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Everyone loves it. Nothing could be worse than the fucking Jungle Cruise at Disney World. Ah, Disagree! That you, you've got to you've got to go on that with a um, a helping dose of irony. That's oh. that's a classic, oh. and that's the whole reason it's so cool. It's oh, like yes. it's like going on Peter Pan. It's like it's, it's like, like a, it's it's a throwback. I'm like, oh, you've, I'm in the fifties. Well, that's and what also it feels it's like. like um, it's enchanting. It's yeah. It's dad joke the ride. It's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. a good yeah. thing. But, but I feel like it wasn't even dad joke. It was like sad guy who probably <laughs> does open mics at night. <laughs> And is sweating desperately with each of these <laughs> shitty setups and punchlines. Yeah, that at the end of each tour, he's like, oh, is he going to go on the next tour or is he going to hang himself? Right. Which is it, right. it going to be? <laughs> I think I've told this story before, but I want to tell it again. Mm-hmm. I don't care because uh, Jungle Cruise came up. Um, I went to South Africa and I graduated college for a month. And when I came back, I was very like, well, when I was in Africa, blah, 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 blah. And somehow... Um, talking to someone hippopotamus hippopotami came up and i was like well did you know an interesting fact they're the most dangerous animal in africa um but you know they're going to attack because their ears wiggle and they blow bubbles in the water three hours went by i'm driving home and i'm like that's a joke from the jungle cruise that is not true So you had somehow internalized that as a true fact. Into my subconscious. In the wrong place. (laughs) And I said it all snooty. Contrary to evolutionary theory, the (laughs) hippopotami have a dead giveaway for when they're going to attack. And they're made of paper mache. (laughs) Because the joke is like they they won't attack unless they wiggle their ears and blow bubbles. And then those And they live right across the river from a semi-racist group of animatronic (laughs) tribesmen. (laughs) I would would argue more than semi. (laughs) What's racist about him? You're right. Nothing. I can't think of one thing. What are the spears? <laughs> that was a weird. <laughs> weird I don't know. I didn't, wanna, I didn't want to explore like, that. Yeah, like, oh, should, I don't know. Let's, all right, Google it. Let's see. I'm not staunchly <laughs> defending. And, okay. Good. Uh, all right. Well, this feels like a good place to take a break. So let's do that. And we will come back in a moment with a segment on the show that we like to call Parting Shots. Thank you. Glob, glob, glob. <laughs> The attack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) We're back. It is the long shot. Chris Mancini is our guest, comedyfilmnerds.com. Time for a segment on the show that we like to call Parting Shots. Let's start today with me. Dun dun dun. I got you. Amber thought it was going to be her. I thought for sure it was going to be me. I told no, you it's going to be me because I was at the doctor's office today, and I was in the waiting room. 
I wanted so badly to do a spit take right now for no reason. <laughs> that was like the instant I had. That's the funniest thing I've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just pissed that I was at the doctor's <laughs> office. You what? were what? <laughs> um, but there was a guy there in the waiting room, also waiting. <laughs> Perfect place for him. Yeah, he was where he was supposed to be. He was on the phone. Uh-oh. He had the phone up to his ear, but he had the phone on speakerphone <laughs> the whole time he was on the phone. Was it an ear doctor's office? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and I found that so thoughtless and irritating. Of course. Because, you know, he would say, well, I'm going to go down to John's and we're going to do this. And then you would hear like. That would have been forgivable if he was on the phone going, I don't know how to get it off speakerphone. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only time. But it just, it it astonishes me that here we are, what, 20 years into the life of the cellular phone and people are still not doing it right. You should write an etiquette book. Well, that's a whole other issue, and that has to do with a lot more than cell phones. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, how old was the guy? He wasn't. He was not young, but he was not a feeble old man who didn't know what was going on. Because my mom, I love her, oh but like God. she, she'll still like have like the loudest ring come out of her purse, and I'm like, we're in a restaurant right now, and there's a vibrate function that I don't know why anyone ever needs a ringer, really. My parents on the phone scream at the top of their <laughs> lungs, like it's like they know that. I'm not there, but it, like the technology will handle the traveling mm. of the voice. You don't need to like project from your diaphragm. Do your parents talk to you at the same time on the phone? Every time, every time. It's a that fuck. makes me crazy it's as well. A, it's a comedy routine always. Like I've a, occasionally I get to talk to them individually, and it's like, wow, that was so lovely, and we got to have like a real in-depth conversation. Mm. But most of the time, it's just like the two of them doing like a vaudeville act, and I happen to be there. But see, I don't even witness. find it funny anymore. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, I know you guys think the routine is hilarious, but <laughs> I don't want to hear it anymore. And also, I said to them several years ago, I was like, if you guys want to talk to me at the same time, that's fine, but get on different phones oh no they're on different phones but that's no, half they of- get on speaker uh, phone so they're like sean it's your mother and, and your, your father. father and i'm like <laughs> no because uh they go on separate phones but half of it is like honey are you on and like mm-hmm. i think the battery's running low and or them just like telling the same story like five minutes apart eh. yeah oh People. So anyway, what I'm saying is don't be on speakerphone when you're just talking on the phone in a doctor's office. And if anything, I feel like my pendulum swings too far the other way. Like I didn't even know you had a pendulum. <laughs> I know. <laughs> La tita. Um, the, I the, don't think girls had pendulums. The walls are really thin in my house. And so I've, I find myself hesitant to talk on the phone at all Mm -hmm. if my roommates are home like i will go outside or i'll be like i'll call you back just because it seems so rude to me just come over yeah just come over just uh, i'll text you i'll be upstairs i don't know it just feels weird to force someone to be a part of a conversation Mm -hmm. that said i'm not gonna name names but occasionally i will have a roommate like sit on the couch next to me while i'm watching tv and then start talking on the phone and i'm like what are you doing 
thing. At least go yeah. in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a crazy thing to do. You hear that, Whitney and Barbara? Ah, <laughs> uh, it could be someone else. <laughs> oh, those are my roommates. <laughs> I, by the way, I know who it is. Yeah, you do. I do. <laughs> um, all right, Chris. Now it can be completely anything. Yep. All right. I uh, this happened to be. A, a couple of days ago, I still I, I play video games uh, when I can. I have two children, so what's it takes your me what's up. your favorite? Uh, you know what? Uh, I've really enjoyed the Mass Effect series, and I'm right now I'm probably three quarters to almost done L.A. Noir, and which I am loving. And that's like a it's you're car... a, a cop in the nineteen late nineteen forties, okay, and in L.A. in Hollywood, and that this has never happened to me before. <laughs> Uh, I'm you actually saw yourself go by on the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the 1940s, in like a fedora, writing wraparound. It, it was amazing. Like, oh, whoa! I must have time traveled and mo-capped myself into this game. I, uh, uh, it's actually something similar happened to that. I, um, you pull out of the police station. You, I get assigned to the Hollywood beat, and I'm like, you know what? This looks like Wilcox Boulevard because yeah. I remember there's a police station. Yeah, it's there. right there. You come out of there, and I'm like, this is where I used to live because I used to live on Wilcox. And I'm driving. Uh, you know, I didn't want to solve the crime. I want to explore the road that I used to live on. Hey, it's the Mark Twain so Hotel. The Mark Twain Hotel is in the game. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I'm like, oh my god, that's still there. And then that giant post office is, uh-huh. is still there. That's in the game. So I'm driving. Which, up yeah, like, that that makes sense because that's yeah. an old building. They were both really old. So then, uh, you know the the uh, apartments aren't there anymore, but I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep driving around. So <laughs> I found the um, uh, the Grauman Chinese Theater, and then it went to the Egyptian Theater and had a shootout. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, and then went to the Pig and Whistle afterwards. So it was. I it did was an like, open mic. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've never played a video game that drove on the street that I actually used to live at, and yeah, I recognized crazy. landmarks. Yeah. It was insane. Do they have like Johnny Depp? As Pirates of the Caribbean, walking of- down the Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> I passed by there on the way here tonight. But and it, it's so weird and insane yeah. that that there's. But they did have multiple. Um, Musso and Franks is there though too because that's old. So you can <gasps> like you know hit the, the button. Oldest, you can see yeah. have you same been exact there? sign. Oh yeah, I've it's been so there. Good. So you just you're driving by and it's like oh my god, there's Musso and Franks. That's so it's, it's so cool to see that like in a video game. Just the amount of time it must have taken, literally just to program the uh, street plans in. So I was have, impressed. Have you ever played the Toy Story game for Sega Genesis? <laughs> no. That's the only video game I've ever played. <laughs> I have not. Now, what console are you using? I'm on a PS3. In PS3. fact, I'm on my second PS3. The first one broke. So uh, it was great. I, I was I had to buy another PS3 right before the PS4 came out. So it was perfect. I, I bought another Xbox 360 right before the Xbox. Yeah, I think came they out. literally they have like a little timer in them. I'm like, come on, time to put the next hardware. But no, I can't because I have two children and I'm. Four to five games backed up that I haven't played yet. Like when I have to play, I have, I have like Last of Us. I still have to go through all these games that I haven't played yet. Well, now that makes me want to get L.A. Noir. I'm sure they probably oh, have it for the cool. Xbox 360. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's amazing. Um, all right, Amber. Yes, um, talking about making movies, I realized. I know, okay. but it reminded me. Uh, full circle. I made the three episode web series with my best friend Abby last fall uh-huh. and they're done. <clears throat> the, re- the reason we haven't released them is Abby's shopping them around. Oh yeah, sure. You know, that super not saturated market mm-hmm. of web series. Um, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of production companies looking for three episode web series. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they've got money to spend. But I also realize that I'm very... Has she talked to Marshall Herskovitz? <laughs> <laughs> like they're meeting right now, actually. Um, 
But uh, so someday those will be released. I'm sure we'll just be releasing them on our own. Maybe I should have more of a positive outlook what, about what, What's the show? It's um, And what's it a parody of? It's not a parody <laughs> of anything. Um, it's the two of us where um, we throw... Square root of six life. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Classy Parties, and we throw bachelorette parties. And um, so each episode is like a different party. And Now what makes out. it classy? Well... That's the internal conflict is that we always want Nobody to takes a shit while they're trying on the <laughs> dress. No, that we're always um our goal is to throw like classy, dignified, female positive parties, but it always devolves into what the clients want, which is just debauchery. And how long are the episodes? Not long, two minutes. Mm-hmm. But but that's So look a, for I, it in the fall of 2016. <laughs> it's a case of we wrote it and it um David Janov directed mm-hmm. it for us and he's amazing. Um and they look exactly how we pictured, if not better. And so like you guys were saying, that's always a it's a surreal thing. Yeah. yeah. Um I think you should tell Abby to just put them up. I don't Because if nobody knows they're up. I know. No one gets to see him, and no one gets to go, hey, these are good. Here's something else I want you guys to do. I don't care. And I mean that, like, you know, really <laughs> I mean that not in the, shitty the way. Most don't get me wrong. Way. I don't care either. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just trying to provide some helpful advice. All I'm, I, mean, I got no skin in this game, okay? Uh, Abby. It's ha- you and Abby. I'm, I'm out. If it blows up, that's going to propel our podcast, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Abby is um, an actor and a writer, and so she's she's got her game plan um if it were me i would probably just put them up but uh but you're more of a stand-up and a sketch comic an occasional and a dancer (laughs) (laughs) Um, um but yeah i've got a lot of irons in the fire so it's not if it was like the one thing i had going i'd probably be on top of her more Mm but i don't care right (laughs) uh all right jamie yep my parting shot um forgive me if i've told this before but at universal studios when I went as a child, I had that same dream. I want to be discovered on the studio lot to be the next child actor. Wait, people Phenom. who grew up in California are fucking crazy. <laughs> We're all douchebags. I was they definitely delusional. They all have a distorted you would perspective think, on you, the world. Uh, but you would think growing up in California, you would be the first ones that would know better. Right. Like if somebody from Texas that it's all would bullshit. Get, yeah. <laughs> no, but literally, <clears throat> as a kid, walking around, people would say, like, your kid should be in this and like give my parents cards and stuff. Like it was Mm -hmm. always happening. Your kids, they were saying your kids should be in school. Here's a a card. Here's the the number to to LAUSD. (laughs) (laughs) Therapy. (laughs) But they had this outdoor stunt show. Um, You know, the show was like a wild west shootout and someone falls. Now it's the water world show. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So cool. The what show? Water world. Water world. They really have their pulse on Pop culture. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Waterworld show. Oh, my God. And you know what it replaced? It replaced the Miami Vice stunt show, <laughs> yeah. which was a thousand times better. Which That's what's crazy. The Wild West show. Yeah, I, I don't, you know. And then the Waterworld Water show is still there. Mm-hmm. Waterworld was like much more. A hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's just guys on jet skis. Yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. And they got rid of the Terminator, uh, that 3D thing, too. That's gone. But uh, they're building Harry Potter there. 
They're going to build the giant Harry Potter. I bet Harry Potter's <laughs> going to be awesome. It's. I've heard they're expanding the one in Florida, too. It's going to like double in size, and I heard it's amazing. But, uh, of course, they're going to bring it here. It's a giant cash cow. Yeah. You would demolish half of L.A. if you could to build a Harry Potter land. There's no question. I'll go. I think J.K. Rowling might be rich at this point. She, yeah, maybe. Of- She's got a <laughs> Let's couple- start a Kickstarter for her. She, yeah. ter- she had a terrible agent. She's just gotten $500 <laughs> per book. I just want some butter beer. Yeah. <laughs> You can get it in Florida. <laughs> so what happened, Jamie? So we go in and we find our seats. <laughs> we have not even entered the building yet. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So after you go Slow in. Down. Yeah, yeah. After you, you, so you're going to see this show. Yeah. You go into the place where the show is, <laughs> then you find your seats. Is that, is yes. that the way it went down? We walked up. It was like kind of an amphitheater seating. We find our seats, then we, slowly we sit in crouch. them. Well, you have to kind of crouch before you just sit. <laughs> you crouch. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Bob, look over there. That kid's crouching. I think he's, he's about to sit down. <laughs> the show has not started yet, and people are still filing in. And we noticed, you know, at pre-show entertainment, they got like a little Charlie Chaplin character that's kind of walking amongst the crowd. And his little game is that if he sees a parent holding a kid's hand, he'll like nudge the parent away and then kind of... Uh, um, secretly grab the kid's hand. S- terrifying the child into thinking he's mm-hmm. being kidnapped. No, the, there's always that moment where a few seconds later the kid looks up and then it's they're like, freaked whoa, out. Whoa, whoa. And the audience is getting a big kick out of it. And my mom bends over <laughs> and, she and whispers Was in my head. Was she sitting? Or how did she, <laughs> that was how did she bend over? <laughs> I'm getting the geography all confused in okay, my head. Okay, let's just eliminate my mom bending over. <laughs> my mom's like, oh, um, that Charlie Chaplin guy, he actually came up to me and wanted to do that with you. And I was so mad. I was like, why didn't you do it? And she's like, oh, I didn't, I don't. Because I like Buster Keaton. <laughs> she's like, yeah, more than Keaton. I'm a Harold Lloyd fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember why she didn't, but I was so mad because that was going to be my big break. Right? <laughs> you were going to react so well. Yeah, I was going to react and I have the whole audience watching me. By the way, the kid who she pointed to who was being done to? Joseph Christian Gordon Bell. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's why. I, I like how that shows our different <laughs> reference points. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went bail. She went Gordon Levitt. Uh, all right. Hashtag so you, so you never got to be famous because your mom wouldn't do the chapel. Right, well, I think it could have fast tracked me. Mm-hmm. Do you still blame Instead, her? Instead, I'm on the 40 year plan. More, more <laughs> never plan. <laughs> no. Uh, um, and Chris. Um, I ask all of our guests on the show, mm-hmm. do you have any bit of uh, knowledge or a a nugget of truth or wisdom that helps you get through your everyday that you can impart to our listeners? Yes. Um, keep trying, even if everyone thinks you're crazy, because one of you has to be right. And if you're crazy, what do you care? <laughs> I love that. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> what do you care? <laughs> uh, okay, so Kickstarter.com, uh, Earbuds, <laughs> the podcasting documentary. Go there, donate some money, become a producer. Why not? What's ten grand? This what do you be care? A big break. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Charlie Chaplin holding it's your mom's hand. It's a credit that no one can take away from you. It will be, <laughs> be the in producer IMDb. of a Hollywood movie. Yes, and it's going to have a lot of people, and it's going to have Aisha Tyler, Mark Maron, uh, Jimmy Pardo, the uh, cast of The Long Shot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> 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 
Uh, all right. Well, this has been The Long Shot. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Great to be here. Thank you. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Ha-cha-cha-cha. For past and future episodes of The Long Shot Podcast, join us online at thelongshotpodcast.com.